Welcome to the Kingo Podcast, where we interview published authors, screenwriters, and story consultants to answer the question, what makes a great story? If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so that we can continue to grow and learn more storytelling tips from our special guests. Let's start today's show. Before we start the show, I'd like to mention that if you're looking for a daily boost of motivation in your writing career, we post daily writing and storytelling tips on Kingo.com and on our social media accounts under the username Kingo Creative. Today's guest is Mark Sanderson. Mark is a screenwriter, author, and consultant who has worked with Academy Award-winning producers, veteran directors, and Academy Award, Emmy, and Golden Globe acting nominees. He's the author of A Screenwriter's Journey to Success, and we are lucky to have him on the show today. Mark, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today. I know you are an experienced screenwriter, and I'm really interested in hearing your perspective about how to be a writer. And I know that's one of your primary interests, is the process of being a writer and being a professional, which I think is a fascinating subject. So can you tell us a bit about the life of a writer and how to survive that journey for the long haul? Uh, well, thank you, first of all, Ross, for having me. The journey of a writer, well, it's, uh, it's not all romanticized like many people think it is. Um, it's a lot of hard work. And I think you have to power through with you know, obviously having a passion for the craft of screenwriting, because sometimes I find that, you know, like I used to work in restaurants with other people. You know, I waited tables for 10 years before I was able to get into my day job of screenwriting. And a lot of people wanted to be actors and be this and that, but they didn't, they loved to play the role rather than actually doing the work. You have to get down and dirty and do the work and there's sacrifices involved in that which means, you know, learning your craft. Um, and in, it's not going to be easy. No one, no one forced us to be, you know, want this dream, you know, of being a filmmaker or whatnot. So you have to take control and responsibility, as I always say, for, you know, charting the course of your career. You know, when you're working, you know, basically people working on spec screenplays, you have to stay on top of it because there's no one pushing you along per se. You know, I, my prim primary work now is assignment work, which means a producer hires me to write an idea, you know, to a fully realized screenplay. But when you're working on your specs, you can let days go by and not work. And, you know, something gets involved and then there's the weekend and blah, blah, blah. And nothing, you know, it can get away from you very easily. And also if you have other um, responsibilities, let's say family, children, you know, a day job, whatnot. So, Part of, I think, being a writer is not only loving loving what you do, the passion of the craft, but also looking at it differently than this romanticized version of like waiting for your muse and I'll just, you know, you have to sit down and write, which takes a schedule. And if you start training yourself now, I always say you're going to be ready for the time when you start working professionally. It won't be such a shock when you sign that contract and they go, I want the script in eight weeks. You're like, eight weeks? I've never done it in eight weeks, you know? Yeah, I mean, in on that subject, do you have any tricks or techniques you use to just maintain discipline? I mean, like you said, there's no one pushing you necessarily. You have to drive yourself. Sure. Well, when you're working professionally, the you're, you're pushed by the fact that you signed a contract. <laughs> These kind of things are like, well, um, this is how I pay my bills, so I better do a fantastic job, and it's a job. I mean, no, 
no romanticized image of it. It, it. It's the same responsibilities as any job. You get up in the morning, you know, I sit down, I get my day ready. I have to fill pages. And at the end of a certain agreed deadline, I have to have that screenplay in and it has to be good. You know, that's another thing I talk about the first draft. Everyone, you know, people are like, oh, first draft doesn't matter. You know, just get it down. Well, you don't have that luxury when you're working professionally. Um, so you have to really, not like everything's etched in stone, but try to do your best always, you know. Um, and I see the motivation, it's just hard. You got to stay focused um, and keep your eye on the bigger picture. You know, what, what the screenplay you're writing now, how does it fit into the overall goals that you want to achieve as a screenwriter? You know, I consult on screenplays a lot and I, I read a script and I say, how does this, is this just a one-off idea or is this something that you're trying to show others that you can excel in? If you want to be, you know, a comedy writer, why are you writing an action film? You know, you can, that's fine. But if you know what I'm saying, you want to sort of really work into your genre and really be good at it, you know, and be known for that, especially when you're starting out. So do you outline every screenplay you do? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was blessed, you know, my professors at film school, they always um, sort of instilled that in us. You just don't sit down and start writing pages. Um, so, you know, my producers, and and this is the case for the way it works, is that producers won't let you start pages until you have a solid outline because everybody wants to know um, what they're getting. Either they can pitch you, which happens to me, and I pitch them. They, they say, look, we have this idea or we have a one sheet, which is one sheet of paper, a synopsis. We need this turned into a screenplay. And then you expand it into a 12 or 15 page outline with all the particulars. And then that's changed sometimes five times until it gets to a point where everybody agrees. And then you go off and you do the screenplay. So yes, um, I outline everything. And it's, you know, I found that it's a lot easier to make the mistakes in the outline and change them before you have a finished screenplay and then realize that there are big problems. So on a day-to-day -day basis, what's your writing schedule like? Well, when I'm writing, I'm writing. <laughs> so two weeks ago, I spent three weeks doing a rewrite on, on my first draft of an assignment. So it was, it was technically the second draft, right? And I had three weeks to execute the notes. So I turn that in and now I'm waiting for more feedback from that. But as that happens, um, I'm reading two screenplays to consider if I want to take a rewrite job on them. Now they're not my screenplays. And I'm about to probably jump on another script that I did write to do a production draft of it because it looks like it's going to go into production. So I have to make the alterations for locations and you know things that... I'm not privy to because, you know, you have to go find those locations, right? I just make it up in my head. So there's a lot of time when, you know, you're, you're writing and then sometimes you're not writing, but you're always busy in that world. Yeah. So I think you mentioned this briefly, you're running yourself as a business. And so you need to be juggling, getting new opportunities and working on your current assignments. Yes. You always like, you know, this idea of making it, people say, oh, you know, I sold a script. I made it. Well, when I sold my first spec, I didn't make it. Um, I had to find my next job. And that's pretty much the case for most working writers. I'm not talking about even A-list writers. They have to find their next job. Yes, it might be easier, 
but you still got to be out there and hustle all the time. And like I say, the first script might be the hardest to sell. Maybe it's impossible, but it happens. But it's almost equally as, as difficult to find that second job that'll turn over into your third and your fourth. And that only happens from building a network of, of relationships. I mean, this, this project was my 23rd assignment. And, you know, there's been periods where there, it's been kind of lean and there's times of a lot of work. Uh, I did three scripts this year, so it's been a lot of constant work, which is great. But you're always – that's why I say you always have to have uh, your feelers out there, you know, taking meetings. And like I said, back to, you know, your your uh, reputation, that's what's going to get you the next job. You know, people who work with you before saying, hey, this was a great experience. I can trust you. And that's what they want to do is they want to be able to trust you and get this, you know, project into production ready state, you know, status. Now, what do you do to build your professional network? Or do you find that just having really high quality work and word of mouth helps? It does, but it's a personal relationships. You know, you can have an amazing script and no one can be able to read it because it can't get anywhere. I mean, if it's truly amazing, somebody will read it and say, hey, this thing has to be made. But you need those personal relationships and they're, they're from other people recommending you to someone else that opens a door and that person only recommended you because they know your professional ability and they can trust that they won't get burned by recommending you so that that can happen too where someone can say oh this person's a great writer and then they fail on the job and they're like i'm not going to listen to you anymore about sending me people because this person burned me you know so that's not what you you don't want that to happen so i imagine you're very careful about ensuring every piece of work you do is top-notch. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can only do it so much because you have a deadline. But there's the pressure of that that comes and, and a little bit of anxiety that, you know, I get nervous every time I get a, um, a new, new assignment because I have to – you're only as good as your last job, right? So you don't want it to be less than. You want it to be equal or probably better than. Um, and many times we're – you know, ideas are different each time out. And, and like I say, every, every time up to the plate with every new script is a different experience. They're not all going to be the same. Some are complete hell and you get through it and you're like, how did I ever get through this? And some um, are a breeze. It's like the script almost writes itself. And then you get notes back and they're like, we hardly have any notes. You're like, are you kidding me? No. Huh. You know, you know, how did that happen? Well, it never happens. I go, yes, it never happens. This is bizarre. I guess I nailed it. You know, so that you get both, you get both ways, and you 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 try to you try to live in the middle, but um, it doesn't always work that way. How much time do you devote to writing and working on your projects versus taking that time to sort of consciously be learning and improving your craft? Yeah, well, I'm always learning and trying to improve. Uh, the 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 heavy lifting of that I feel is done before today. You know, up to this point. Uh, but you're always open to learning, and like with my consulting, it you know it keeps me sharp because I, I get to see other people's work and try to go ah you know this is great or that doesn't quite work, you know if you just did this you know with suggestions and things like that. Um, but you're always learning. Every project you learn something, if not learning how to work with people you've never worked with before, or the idiosyncrasies of someone you worked with before who doesn't like a particular thing. Producer, you know, I mean, producer-wise. Um, and then when they work with you enough, 
they it, there's a shorthand there where they they don't even have to bug you. You know what I mean? There's no call like in the middle of the you know six weeks and say, "Oh, how's it going?" You know, worried that it's not going to be good, and you're like, "I'm working on it." You know, so um, luckily I don't get those calls um, anymore. Where it's like when you when you get it and you'll get it on the day it's due or before. Um, it's never not happened that way with us. So unless I'm dead, <laughs> you're you're going to get the script. Do you find yourself returning to the same professional relationships and getting the value of that shorthand? Yes, and that's that's um, and and new ones. You know, you have to keep expanding that um, network out there, bigger and bigger. Because if you just have one contact and then they go, well, I can only offer you one job a year. You're like, ah, and then you know what I mean. You need like four or five of those type of people. Uh, companies, producers are constantly going because they each have to make 10 or 12 films a year, you know, so they're constantly, you know, they constantly have stuff in the pipeline and, and rewrite jobs, which we can talk about uh, if you want. There's a lot of uh, rewrite work out there. Uh, say a company buys a script from a producer, from a, a writer or they hire a writer who's, who's new and, they don't quite nail the outline and then they, they give them another chance and another one and it's not working. So they have to let that writer go and find someone who could come in and fix the script. And it's not a glamorous um, uh, experience, but it really keeps you sharp at how to dismantle something that's not working like an engine and put it back together where it fires on all cylinders. You know what I mean? The way that the producer wants. And so I've done that. Uh, a handful of times and receive co-credit because of the, the amount of work that's been involved. But, you know, that's another way also, as I mentioned about your relationships, um, doing that with a company after a couple of times, they prom they say, well, you know, we, we just don't want to have you to be doing rewrite work. We have this other original piece for you. And then suddenly you've broken into that company and now you're working for them. Interesting. So do you find yourself getting a lot of first opportunities to break in through rewrite jobs? Um, they're usually coming from people I've, I've already worked with before. So I've done scripts with them, you know, of my own. And then they come back and say, hey, we got this other thing. You know, could you take a look at it? What do you think? You know, it's that type of, type of thing. Um, but perhaps, you know, I meet somebody new who might, who might do that. Um, and that's that, you know, once you can save the day, so to speak, then, you know, you're, you're the golden child and you're like, Hey, you're, you're the go-to person, which is what you want. If you want to be working, you know, I always wanted to be working. I was making, making films when I was 11 years old. So it's been a life passion of mine, you know, to always, and yes, I've turned down work. Absolutely. But, uh, considering that this is my only job that I do, uh, that's a dream in itself to get up in the morning and, and, you know, live in the world of screenwriting because I've done um, a lot of other jobs, you know, including work in restaurants and catering and uh, you name it. I've done it all uh, to facilitate, to get to, you know, a point of, of finding, letting all that stuff go. Can you tell us a bit about receiving script notes and executing on those notes? Yes, you receive notes. Um, sometimes there's a lot of them and many times uh, there aren't. Like I said in that situation that the producer said, we hardly have any notes. You know, um, you have to be able to know, again, 
if you're working with a producer you've worked with before, you know, again, there's that shorthand, you understand what they mean, but you have to be able to know how to fix what they want. And that's what happens. You know, that's a technique. If you want to stay working on a project through the end, you'll have to learn how to execute notes, which is not given back the same version of the script, slight, slightly changed. Many times it can be almost a complete page one rewrite or the subtle nuances of like how to bring things up like character or, or tamp, you know, bring things down where this is too much. We have to, you know, it's focused too much on this aspect of the, of the movie. Um, I mean, the story and you want to try to have as few notes as possible, obviously. But again, like I said, if you start with a solid outline, I've had many times where the script follows the outline, but then eh, we didn't really like that. Now, once we see, you know, like if you're building a house and they, we really, the blueprints look pretty damn good. Let's build the house. And then the house is built. And then you go, well, I don't really like the pool there. Oh, I thought we agreed on that. You know, so now you have to change that. So that happens too. But my point is, it's be, being able to write your own spec the way exactly you want it is great. Uh, but you also have to get into the, to the, um, the ability to be able to execute notes for someone else, your producer, you know, a collaborative. And it's a give and take. You can also say, you know, um, do you really mean this? I mean, I've been on phone conversations where things wanted to, there, there were changes. And I said, do you really... Uh, that's going to alter this, that, and the other. And it's your job as the writer to sort of defend, but not too much because you don't want to come off as, as being a pain in the ass, you know, or like every, every note we're going to have, you're going to tell, you know, defend it. No, but the ones that you should defend are the really, the ones that you are very convicted about. And then when you, when you defend it, you come in with, with proper evidence that's clear and concise and then let the chips fall. And luckily on that situation, they fell on my side and it was like, they agreed to say, you know what, we're going to let that go. You're right. And I was like, whew, you know. <laughs> now, how often does it happen that the producer might say they're not enjoying what's going on in the script at this moment and you agree with them, but you disagree with the solution? Yeah, that's a tough one because uh, I would say most of the time, I mean, at least I've luckily been blessed with, with people who are, you know, producers who are extremely smart about story and this isn't their first film. And so the notes they're giving are, are also for production reasons. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not just, well, you know, it, it's, this may not work in the story. There's those notes, but there's also production reason notes for budget. And I'm not giving specific, um, uh, numbers about budget, but I know the budget that I'm writing in. And so I'm not going to have particular things because they're going to have to be taken out. And little things like entrances and exits too, you don't think about, but those are cut anyway. They're not going to, you know, I read scripts and it's like the door opens, you know, um, Ross walks in through the room. He goes over and he sits down. It's like, uh, you know, that's going to be cut. Nobody's going to wait to, you know, and then after the scene's over, you know, Ross gets up and he walks to the door and, uh, you know, I mean, those start to add up every, I mean, every scripts where like every scene is entrance exits, cut them, you know. <laughs> so there's smart things like that. And you will find, even though you get a bunch of notes, you're like, uh, and then you go through the draft, you're like, this is better. And I needed to be told what to do. 
because I wouldn't on my own probably have said, I'm, you know, I'm happy with it, but I'm looking at it with a different eye because I'm not making the film. I kind of am making the film, you know what I mean? But I'm on, I'm not boots on the ground making the film. Like we can't do that. And that's when, that's when you're starting to get a production drafts, you know, like, like changing locations. There's too many scenes in the film for the, for the schedule. Now the production manager would, would probably tell the producer that said, we can't with the budget do this, these number of scenes. So we have to cut it down to 150 and we can't have this many locations. We can double up locations, but you know, we don't have an unlimited supply of, of funds to, you know, every time you have a location or a move, it costs money and time, you know, night shots. That means they can't film in the daytime. You know, there's all these parameters to think about. And, you know, you don't think about that when you're writing your spec and uh, should you, I don't know. Maybe uh, I tell writers when they do their spec, think about the budget, you know, because there's only a few places that can make, you know, a hundred million dollar budgeted film. So if they all say no, where, where are you going to go with it? You know? So, you know, if you write a movie that can actually, maybe you might find the financing a million, a million and a half dollars or, or there's a group, you know, it's a lot, you're, you're trying to swing for the fences every time I get it, but you know, it's a personal decision, but also a business decision. Like you want to keep writing specs that are trying to compete with Marvel films <laughs> and you're an unknown, uncredited writer. Okay. You could do that. Or could you write something that's heartfelt, that means something to you that could be made for $2 million? That's a more realistic proposition. You know, in my opinion, when, when, when I think last year, 28 specs sold out of 50,000, apparently that bounce around Hollywood, you know, so, you know, I, look, when I started writing my first specs, they were huge budget, you know, $80 million, you know, who cares? And then you're like, huh, okay, I'm just trying to go for the brass ring and everybody else is, is, you know, trying for that A-list too, or that, that one lot, you know, it's like playing the lottery, you know? Yeah. That's, it's interesting that you have that extra wrinkle of taking into account production limitations, I guess, and how that affects story. I think it's important too, uh, even writing specs, you should be a production savvy screenwriter because you'll have to be. And so if you have a chance to get on a movie set or a TV uh, set, um, go, because you'll see how things change, you know, and have to be fluid. And uh, it won't, you know, you won't go, oh, they're changing my, you know, I've been on sets sitting behind the lead actor as he scratches out the dialogue that I wrote. And you sit there and you go, okay, I'll be a craft service. And you, you know, excuse yourself and go get something to eat. But you're like, hey, I'm on a movie set that I wrote. How, you know, that's not too bad, <laughs> you know. And the longer you're in the business, you have to keep it in perspective. You, you must. Do you have any tips or, for us as far as handling meetings, getting meetings, just any special techniques you have? Yes. I used to believe every meet. I was so excited when I first started to get a meeting. You mean somebody wants me to, to come and talk with them? You know, it was like, oh my God, I'm going to quit my job. It's like, whoa, wait a second, you know. And I learned that a lot of meetings are just meetings. They're general meetings. They want to meet you. Hey, how you doing? Um, better off if they can read something that you've written, which brings you into the meeting and the small talk and the thing, and they're not going to buy your script, but they want to see, do you have something else? And that's why I say you must have something else. You must have many other projects that are ready to go 
Uh, you shouldn't say, well, I'm working on something. You're always working on something, but I just finished this other one. They don't know when you, when you finished it and you say, and they great, send it to my assistant tomorrow. Right. What you don't want is to say, I'm working on things. And then six months later, you try to get a hold of them and they, you know, the executive is gone or whatnot, you know, this ha- you know, in the shuffle that happens. So you want to stay on it. So if you come in with a script, you better have another one to back it up immediately and keep that keep on their radar. And meetings, you should also always do research about who you're meeting with. Um, they probably won't do that for you, but that's fine. But as long as you have some knowledge of what they've done in the past and their credits, it makes it a lot easier to speak to them. But hey, you know, I did this for a director once and I said, um, you know, in that one movie, we were talking about a, a rewrite job. In fact, actually, I was going to do. And I said, in that one movie you did, that science fiction one in the tunnels, he said, exactly. That's what I kind of want for this. So if I didn't look him up and then also do a couple of, you know, YouTube searches for clips, you know, that puts you that farther ahead in, in the trust factor where they go, this person has their act together. You know, this writer I, I think I can work with instead of coming in cold and saying, I don't know who you are. Yeah, then, you know, and then even after the meeting, you immediately go home and get out a uh, thank you card and handwrite, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. I look forward to, you know, meeting you in the future. Drop it in the mail. Four days later, the assistant gets it and it's handwritten. They put it at the top of the pile because I learned this a few years ago that the, the handwritten uh, correspondence goes at the top of the pile. When the producer's busy with a million things, they open up that thing and they go, hey, I remember Ross. He actually was the guy who talked to me about the tunnel thing with the sci-fi film. Why don't we get him on the phone? You know, it's that easy. You know, and it just takes that much care and old school thought of like correspondence like that. And and, and instead of emailing something, I appreciate the meeting. They're like, "Eh, I got a million emails a day, but I don't get a million thank you cards. But wait, wait to send a champagne you know, and all that other stuff until you actually sign the deal. <laughs> you know, so don't be sending champagne and you know, and Christmas things or a gorilla gram or something. It's like a little too much. You know, it's just just a thank you card. That's great. So, Mark, can you tell us a bit about your book, A Screenwriter's Journey to Success? Yes, um, it is something I worked on for five years to write and and put together. And um, I was originally blogging. Um, I have a blog called My Blank Page, which is on WordPress. Um, and uh, at a certain point, I said, you know what? I think I have enough stuff to, to create a book, which I really wanted to do, uh, that sort of encapsulates my past 20 years of getting to the point where I am. And same things that we've been talking about today, um, techniques, I call it the, the, ticks, uh, the tips, tricks, and tactics to survive as a working screenwriter in Hollywood. And it's not the romanticized uh, book you're going to say, oh, because I was in Variety, um, with my first spec sale, just like you imagine, like, oh, I always want to be in variety. But that same day I was catering at Beverly Hills mansion of a, of a, a production billionaire. <laughs> so you want to talk having, you know, f- your foot in two worlds. Uh, you know, I, I had all the variety copies in my car as I drove up to, you know, this giant estate and I'm like, I'm in variety today, but I got to work for the guy pouring coffee. And, you know, it's just uh, – <laughs> so it really humbles you. Um, but, it, you know, it breaks it down into different categories um, in the book 
about, uh, you know, from, from working on the script. It doesn't go into in-depth, like, uh, three-act structure stuff and all the – because I felt like there were there's many books out there. Uh, John Truby, uh, uh, McGee, you know, there's many books about how to, how to write screenplays. But I, but I saw a need that there's very few about how to survive as a writer. You know, and my interest wasn't trying to tell somebody how to, you know, craft this or that. Or at this point in the script, you have to do this. That was not interesting to me. It was like, okay, how do you live in the trenches where one time you have your foot in this old world and this new world of your dreams? How do you survive that, you know, over the long haul? And it's not easy. Um, and I've had friends who've dropped out. They're like, I'm done. And uh, others like myself who are like the, you know, the tenacity of a pit bull who just, you know, bite on and say, you can't shake me, <laughs> you know, I'm not going anywhere. Um, you know, I, I, I deal with the screenwriter's daily life, uh, the screenwriter's arsenal about the tools that we're, as we're talking about tools to stay in the game, uh, strategies for the long haul are, are some of the tactics to survive. Then, then like we just talked about the pitch and other meetings, uh, you know, the, those are extremely important and then how to search for representation and then talk a little bit about contracts, which is always important because you're going to get a contract and you're going to need a lawyer to look it over and protect you. And, um, then the book wraps up with, uh, you know, keeping your eye on the bigger picture of the career and then how to swim, uh, with the sharks, uh, as above the line, which is uh, screenwriters are above the line, a line item, you know, in the, in the production, um, so yeah, that's what game is available on Amazon uh, as a Kindle or paperback, and uh, it's great. I did a, a, a seminar uh, late last year through Film Courage. Um, I did a lot of interviews with them on YouTube, and they sponsored the event, and it was great because the screenwriters that came, I had the book available for sale, but so many of them brought the book, and I was so shocked that they brought it to have me sign, which was kind of you know cool and like, oh, you want me to sign my book, but the books were all, you know, dog-eared and, you know, it looked like they were used with, with scribble notes. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I want it to be. It's something that you carry around, not that you read once and throw, you know, into the pile that you can go back to if you're having a problem, you know, and try to like, like show you by example, like here's a meeting I had and this happened. But then when I did this, this happened, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I'll include links to your book and uh, your website and everything so people can go visit that because that's it's an excellent resource. Now, Mark, do you have any events or projects coming up? Anything you want us to know about? And I know you mentioned your website, but is there any place else we can learn more about you? Um, I'm on Twitter at ScriptCat. Uh, the website, 5oClockBlue.net, is a great place because I keep it updated. Uh, it also has information about my webinars and um workshops when I can have time to do them, but also um, any of my films that are showing on television. I have one on this Sunday at two o'clock uh, re-airing um, on Lifetime Movie Network called Suburban Swingers Club. That's at 2, 2 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, I'm on Instagram and all those good things are on the website. Um, right now I'm just in, I'm in between work mode. So like I said, I've got two uh, thankful and blessed. I've got two opportunities for possible rewrite jobs. And then also, like I said, probably production rewrite of a script of mine that will, that will go. And then um, another one that's supposed to go in October. So, you know, you just, you just keep moving forward. And like I said, you know, the, the, the concept of making it, 
um, you make it when you're staying in the game and, and to, to wrap it up, you, you just have to be serious about this. Like you want it more than anything else, but you have to be working at it every day, doing something. And like we spoke about, you know, earlier in the podcast about how I had been around people that I worked with who were like, yeah, I'm an actor, you know, and they like to think, oh, I went on this and I'm, you know, are you taking classes? Well, you know, I got a good look, you know, like you're not doing anything for your acting. You don't really care, you know? Um, and that's the same goes for writing. What, what are you doing? You know, are you, are you, are you, are you, and also, you know, just don't, don't, um, write a script and then enter contests and they go, Oh, I hope I'm going to win the lottery. You know, contests are great. You know, I almost won the nickel fellowship. Uh, I was a top 20 script back in the day and that allowed me to get people to read the script. But otherwise than that, you got to get out there and hustle, you know, however you do it, make those it's so important. Those, those, that one person is going to give you that producer is going to give you a job and then you're going to nail it and then go, wow, we have this other thing. And then suddenly that's how it works. I mean, that's how it worked for me. You know, the spec opened the door with the company that bought it to assignment work. And then suddenly you're off to the races doing assignment work. And then you have enough credits of that, that you, you're a working writer. And yes, I have my own specs, of course, but they're much harder to sell. You know, if a spec opens a door for you to get you a job, then it's, it's fulfill its, its response, you know, its, its job as, as a tool. This has been such an interesting and beneficial look at the process of how to be a professional writer. So thank you so much for your time. It was excellent having you here and I'm, I'm sure the listeners are just going to love it. Thanks again, Mark. Thank you, Ross. I appreciate it. Thanks to Mark for taking the time to be with us here today and for sharing his professional writing and industry wisdom. You can find links to his site, social media, and his book in the show notes. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so that we can continue to grow and learn more storytelling tips from our special guests. You can learn more about storytelling and writing lessons at kingo.com. That's K-I-I-N-G-O.com. That's all for today. Now, let's get to work and write some great stories.